Hi, um, welcome back. So this particular interview is with Scott Weller, the inventor of the Weller Spring and Weller Spring Floor. And this is a very important conversation we had. Um, it's a, this is in two parts because um, the first interview I did by myself. And then for the second interview, Michaela joined me. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in this, in these two parts of the conversation. It's just... I don't know how many times I have to shout it from the buildings, from the rooftops, that it is infuriating when you learn about these quote-unquote adults in charge who have been entrusted with taking care of the of the athletes and, you know, always keeping their best interest, the best interest of the athletes at the forefront, and yet they fail to do it time after time after time it, it, it's, it's infuriating it's like how do you prefer or how do you opt to line the pockets or, or the, the wallets of your executives with money they don't really need instead of i don't know putting it towards research or putting it towards innovations or putting it just to you know look out for the physical safety of the very athletes that pay your bills I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But um, if you want to be as mad as I am, give us a listen. It'll probably make you mad. Because it's just, after all the Achilles tears we've had in NCAA recently, after all you know, the injuries, it's one of those things like, why not, you know, just do something? And it's infuriating to find out that the reason nothing's being done is because basically um, USAG, alongside AI, Spalding, Fruit of the Loom, um, it, 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 it's a whole gymnastics equipment mafia or cartel. And it's just, it's baffling to me how even with Steve Penny gone, even with you know the new USAG, this shit is still going on. And it's just like no one does anything. And so this is, this is us trying to do something. Um, hope you enjoy it. Hey. So, hello, y'all. Okay, we're back after that. That meet was a lot, y'all. I had to take a little time <laughs> to kind of regain my composure. But now we're here with Scott Weller. Oh, Scott Weller. Of hello. Weller Spring Floor. So, Scott, let's, let's run down for the people. Yeah. The, or the chain of command here, just so we get a, a good idea of how it works. So uh, USAG has an exclusive supply agreement with AI. That's true. In, which is known as American Athletic Inc. Right. Now, AI is owned by Spalding. Correct. The basketball people. Right. Spalding is owned by Fruit of the Loom, the underwear yeah. people. Right. Fruit of the Loom is owned by Berkshire Hathaway. That is true. And now the NCAA also has an exclusive supply agreement with AI. They do, yes, they do. And that kind of sets up this whole tangled web of just mess. <laughs> so can we, let, let's start it in 2008 or 2007, when you went to the yeah. AI, um, the the plant in Jefferson, Iowa, okay. to run the tests. Right. 
right. Well, actually, uh, I'll back up just a second, try to make this somewhat interesting. <laughs> I'm not going to all the engineering of it, but um, I just, this kind of all happened serendipitously for me. Um, I was actually, um, in 2007 or 2008, I was working on a national uh, gymnastics show for a group of doctors. And uh, a company in uh, New York hired me to put on a show at a for 500 doctors in uh, Dallas. So that's how this all got started. So I went to the Congress that year, that summer, to try to find some um, national team members and Olympians and some good athletes to perform in a show for doctors. And while I was at the Congress, I ran into some old friends from a long time ago when I used to work for Kurt Thomas. And for yeah, for Kurt Thomas, I was uh, I managed the uh, San Diego SeaWorld show that he had for years. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that's what got me going into shows. And then um, I started, uh, I went to Congress, and I, I ran into some people that used to make our leotards there. And I told her what I was doing. I said, I'm making another show, and I need to find some athletes. Can you help me? So she said, yeah. She said, this woman happened to be the secretary of the Elite Coaches Association. She says, come to our meeting tomorrow at five o'clock. I'll put you on the agenda. You can talk to all the elite coaches and tell them what you're doing. So that's what I did. The next day I waited and I sat through this really long, boring meeting. And at that meeting was Bill Sands. And Bill Sands was just starting to talk about his results from the tumbling uh, testing he did, where he discovered that gymnasts actually bend their knees twice when they're tumbling. Yes. So that happened. So then I went out to dinner that with him that night and we had some beers and I said, how can the floor be that bad? Why don't you fix it? Basically. And he laughed at me. He says, I'm a researcher. We, I don't do that. We don't fix, you know, I, I just test stuff. So I said, okay. So it's like a song I couldn't get out of my head. And um, that's when I started thinking of ways to make the floor better. I said, I, I remembered back in, in 19, in the eighties, we had the, one of the very first spring floors we put on our show in Orlando, Florida. And all the national team members and the Olympians that came to perform, they were, were all flying all over the place. So I knew something had to be done if they were still using the same floor from way back then. And that's how it started. So um, talk about serendipity. Um, 2007, 2008, we had a big crash in the economy, if you remember. Yes. Yeah. Well, all the um, auto manufacturers were shut down for a while. So I started calling around to auto manufacturers, and eventually I found one in uh, New York that 90% of their business was making valve springs. And um, it took me about a year, but using their proprietary technology and the proprietary uh, uh, computers that they had and the software that they had, we, I came up with a design. So that gets me to testing it at AAI. I had, this, I had this design, I had a spring, I thought it was pretty good based on the, um, engineering deformation test that we did. I knew what the uh, load factors were. Try not to bore people. Stop me if I am. No, I, I'm fascinated by this. So please <laughs> talk nerdy all you want, because this, is, this yeah. is like the bread and butter of this entire situation. Right, right, right. So here's what happened. So um, I, I basically had to sneak into AI factory. They have a little factory in a town with 5,000 people outside of Des Moines, Iowa. And um, I basically had to sneak in there. Um, I called their head engineer. He had only been with the company for six months. He wasn't familiar with all the politics. And so I was able to make an appointment with him. I told him what I was doing. I had already talked to the national sales manager. I'd already talked to other people at the company and we wanted to test the spring. And this and, is Todd Reindeers, right? 
That's Todd Reiners, yeah, right. So he was a great guy. He he uh, used to ride his motorcycle both ways, six from Des Moines to the factory every day. I mean, even in the winter, I don't know how he did it, but um, he, yeah, he a was a madman. I know, right, right. So uh, so he was an engineer. So I showed up there with my plant manager, um, who was also from uh, New York, which was where my first plant was, and um, we did the FIG apparatus test there in their factory. They have the uh, the all the software there and that took about three days actually and we got it done so fast so fast actually that we hooked up more weight onto the contraption and we did everything twice or three times i think until we finally got all the results we needed and we could see right away i mean the results came out right away my spring is leaps and bounds for lack of a better you know pun no, to let's use let's brag on yourself far yeah. superior far far, far superior. superior far superior yeah no question no doubt I mean, it was just um, over the chart, way beyond my own uh, expectation. I knew it was better, but I didn't understand um, everything about it until we actually did that test. And I had my engineer there that I could uh, get live readings of the data. And it was showing how the vibration in the floor was way less and the intensity of the vibrations were way less, which makes it so much easier to jump on a floor. You know, right. um, let me just. Uh, stop for a second and just explain what's going on with the spring floor because not everybody's tumbled on one. I know you've played around on one. Yes, that when um, I was a young warthog. Right, right, right. But what everybody probably has done is been on a backyard trampoline. So yes. just as an example, there's a rule on backyard trampolines. What's the main rule? Only one person at a time, right? So what happens if two people get on a backyard trampoline? Double bounce. Right. Somebody gets thrown off into the swing and that's pool. Not, it's never fun. No. So, so, but that's the same thing that's happening in the spring floor. When the spring floor is moving at a rhythm and the gymnast is moving at a, at a, at a different rhythm and the rhythm of the floor is twice as fast as the rhythm of the gymnast. So the gymnast never knows what kind of bounce he's going to get, whether he's going to get a double bounce or he's going to hit a, he or she's going to hit a hole or they're going to get like a dead bounce, which you can do to somebody on a trampoline if you want to be mean. And when they go to bounce, you can hit it right before they hit, hit the tramp bed and kill their bounce completely. So all of that happens on a spring floor. So that's so that's some of the things we started to uh, learn and understand. So the funny thing was that at, at going back to this uh, plant, um, they were they were mostly doing. Um, we talk about Spalding making bas basketball equipment. That's what they were doing. They actually had a crisis when I was there with the rims and getting the welding right. So they were pretty preoccupied. But we got the test done, and for three days I couldn't get the CEO of AAI at the time. He was there in the building, but he never came out into the plant to meet me. And I started to get frustrated, you know, um, and, and I kept asking uh, uh, Todd to bring him out. And he was like, nah, he's real busy. I can't get him out. I can't get him out. Believe it or not, it was like the last day I was there. I said, you got to get that guy to come out here because I've been here for three or four days now. And I, you know, I just want to meet him. So somehow we dragged him out. The guy was very nervous. He was literally shaking. And he said, how'd it go? <laughs> That's like his words. And oh no, his first words were to me was, how much is this going to cost? I'll never forget that. I mean, who says that, right? So um, anyway, I said, well, let's have your engineer explain it. And I let his engineer in engineering terms explain all of the things that we discovered. And um, that was the beginning of it. So to answer your question. Sorry, I have, my dog is like right here. He's I see there. that. What kind of dog do you have? He's a St. Let Bernard. Him, well, let he's him up seven, here. He's seven months old. He's oh, huge. He's ah. just like, he wants attention many, all the time. I Well, of course he does. What? Uh, how much does he weigh? Um, I well, we haven't weighed him yet because the last time we went to the vet was about <laughs> six months. But I'm guessing he's in like the 80 pound, like 
vicinity or somewhere. I had an and 80 he's... pound dog. I know I had an 80 pound lap dog when I was in college. So I know what that's like. Yeah. yeah he And he's seven months old. He's still a puppy. So he wants to be yeah. all the oh. time here. Let me see his paws. How big are his paws? That's the true. I can't see it. Oh, holy crap. You're in trouble, yeah. dude. Oh, I yeah. know. And I have another St. Bernard, <laughs> Chloe. She's over there. She's great. She's sleeping. She's a good like listener, but not Klaus. He's just like, he yeah. wants to be pet all the time. But go ahead. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, that's all right. Um, that was the initial. So that was the initial test I did at the AAI factory. And um, in the meantime, though, I had a bunch of things going on. I had the testing going there. I had the testing going with Bill Sands, which he was when I started this project, um, he was the head of recovery at the uh, USOC. Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, and he's, you know, his coaching experience. I heard you talking about it recently on some of your podcasts. Um, so he's way into this and, um, he, we, it took like three or four years for him to do the live testing. Cause to do live testing, you actually have a whole lot of paperwork to do. It takes, yeah. you know, lots of you know time. Anybody who's done any research knows. Because you have so, to get all the insurance worked out, all the, yeah. the like all that, all liability right, and right. stuff. Right. But we have, so we eventually, uh, for his part of the testing, we eventually, uh, he set up a, a tumble strip inside of his lab at Mesa State College. He had uh, left USOC and he went up to, uh, in uh, Colorado, um, I think it's in Mesa up there. And um, he set up a, a full tumbling strip in there. He had this, uh, um, the Vicor, Vicon um, system with 10 infrared cameras all the way around the strip. It's the same software that they use on movies like Avatar. So he was just, he was dialed in. He was like having so much fun doing this. Is it kind of like the technology that they're using for, um... What was it? I think it's Toshiba. I'm probably wrong. But in Japan, to like do the robotic judging. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because it seems kind of similar. It's like motion track yeah. kind of basically. Yeah, it's motion tracking. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly what it is. And uh, and he, underneath the takeoff area, he had uh, strain gauge accelerometers and all kinds of other tracking equipment on there. So he was dialed in, and that but that took a long time. And so while he was getting that organized and set up and running, I was at the factory at AI doing my thing, which he knew about, you know, and I already had the engineering deformation uh, studies that I did in my factory. So, you know, we had a lot of testing going on. It was, it was great. And there's, I just, I want to really stick about because this is scientifically proven. It's totally. not like just claims, you know, it's not no. just like, you know, we're trying to blow. Not hearsay. Out. No, exactly. Yeah. And I, what, what really, why this is so important is because Klaus, can you please? Is because of all <laughs> the recent Klaus. Klaus. Because okay. of all the recent injuries we've had in the past mm. few years to right. athletes from elite level athletes like Vanessa Ferrari, which you included in. Oh in yeah. Your, and yeah. Um, the world's well, yeah. Yes. To well, well, I I started to tell you a story the other day uh, when we were chatting. Uh, Ten years ago, um, UCLA called me. It was uh, you were telling me about the UCLA made earlier tonight went against ASU. So this is exactly 10 years ago. It's so funny. But Miss um, Val and Chris, uh, Chris Waller called me the week before they were coming to the meet at ASU. And I actually met them. And after the meet, we went to a uh, restaurant with the whole team and, and they or- ended up ordering two floors that back. This is 10 years ago. They had, I think, three or four Achilles tendons torn within three years. I, you including know, Samantha Pesic. Samantha Pesic was the one. She was she just in a boot even at that meet. I remember her sliding. We went to this Russell's Roost restaurant in Tempe. If anybody's been to it, Tempe, they know this famous restaurant because in the back they have a slide. So there's Sam Pesic, you know, with her boot on going down the slide and the trainer's chasing her, you know, around the restaurant trying to get her to sit down. So, but we had a great time that night and they ended up ordering two floors. They wanted, 
you know, like everybody else, they want this floor. So that was 10 years ago. So think of how many Achilles ruptures since then. I mean, we can go down the list. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So I want to, I want to circle back to JO nationals. Okay. With the great Kathy Kelly pulled you up by your ear. Absolutely. Said, That's a true story. Yeah. Because you were talking to these NCAA really coaches. Right. Can we just touch on that for a little bit? Well, that was one of the first. So that was, I don't remember exactly what year. It was probably 2008 or 2009. And I was just simply going around uh, to introduce myself at that point. And um, so I just kind of showed up there and I got a sponsor booth um, there. And um, yeah, I was talking to, I started talking to the coaches about it. And of course, every, certainly every NCAA coach, but virtually every gymnastics coach, the first concern on their mind is injuries. I mean, that's always top of mind. Coach's job is to keep their kids safe. So that was the question I was taking as a survey that day. I was just asking the coaches whether top five concerns, it was always injuries, injuries, and injuries. So, yeah, but I guess, uh, you know, Kathy Kelly had seen me over there. She literally came up and pulled me out and took me outside and, you know, asked me to leave. So that was kind of interesting. But yeah. And if you guys don't know who Kathy Kelly is just by name, she's the lady that would always like be right there during the interviews. Oh yeah. Right, all, all oh yeah. She's right there. Right there. Yeah. She's, she's always got present. her. Right. Well, and she was her and Kathy and Bill Sands were very good friends. So I'm, you know, people don't understand, but I got to know Bill Sands really, really well. And I, the time that I was working with him, I would have these um, email chats going pages along with him because he'd love, he, he loved to um, answer questions. He just did. And I had a million of them because I didn't have any experience with this. So, um, and he was always telling me, you know, Kathy Kelly's keep, is well aware of what I'm doing, you know, and they're watching me and this and that and the other. I'm like, good. I hope so because this is why I'm doing it. You know, I want them to see. So, um, but in the end, you know, they ended up throwing Bill Sands under the bus, you know? So I thought that was kind of rude, but yeah. Well, you know, it, these people are always looking out for themselves. And if Absolutely. it means having to throw, throw someone under the bus, and so be it. That's how they operate. Well, everybody's trying to keep their own job. You know, USA Gymnastics is a culture that we've all come to know, you know, in recent years. And, um, you know, coaches have the best things in mind for their athletes. But when the governing body tells them not to talk to me or not to do business with me or not to buy my floor, that puts them in a spot, you know. So that's where they're at, you know, feel for them. So something that you touched upon is the fact that during the whole like litigation and the entire legal process, USAG spent over, how much was it? Like $2 million on just paying their legal fees. And then maybe- For the bankruptcy? Yes. No, that was, they spent $17 million on $17 million, yes. Yeah, right. And right. about like, a one million dollars just trying to fund athletes well they have you know i just i wrote a piece about that um yes. i looked over their tax returns that they all on their website it's all public information and also they put out uh, while they three years they were in bankruptcy they had to file an operating report every month so i was had access to that and if you look on there what you see is every year they make a nominal contribution to 50 athletes and they give them a million dollars so it's about fourteen thousand each for 50 athletes or something like that. I'm not trying the math at this point of the day, but Same. it was about $14,000 for each athlete. And, you know, in, the, in, in 2020 alone, they spent six and a half million dollars on lawyers that one year. Their, their revenue that year was only 13 million. 
So their, their revenue for, and I'm talking about their program service revenue, which is what they're supposed to be doing, you know, running gymnastics meets. Um, and just to give you a, a, a comparison, in 2016, at the height, you know, with this 2016 Rio Games and all that, they had revenue 28, almost 29 million. And by 2020, it was down to 13 million. So it's it's way down. At the same time, I, there's no way they could have survived through the bankruptcy had had the U.S. Olympic Committee not given them so much money. I mean, in 2020, they gave them six million dollars themselves, which obviously covered their legal fees for that year. So they're not making any money. The revenue's down. Yeah, that's their situation. So. So. In 2011, you get your first patent. It that's was approved. True. Yeah. And then the second patent is approved uh, in December 25th of 2012. That sounds about right. And then that's shortly after that's when you say they ordered the two floors. I want you to talk about more than anything, the whole Ron Gallimore situation. When you're in you're in, yeah. in the in the room and I think oh. it was Bill and he's he's about he's he's giving the presentation and at no point oh. I mean, he, he's gonna deliver the, the results of the of this whole oh, yeah. study, and at no point does he mention what yeah. spring. Right, right. Well, that was in 2012 in San Jose at the Olympic trials. Um, we, that was a, a big deal for Bill. He had worked for three or four years on this whole thing. I mean, he's been studying spring floors forever. He, I mean, this guy gets deep into stuff you can't believe. I mean, um, so uh, yeah, 2012, uh, we had one of the rooms um, and everybody knew about it. It was well advertised. So the room was full. In fact, when I got to the room, it was full. I literally was standing in the back against the back wall. That was how full it was. So um, I don't think Ron Gallimore wasn't in the room that at that okay. point, but I know that I we listened to Bill Sands' presentation and it was great, but it never met, never once mentioned Weller floor, which was the whole point of the whole analysis, right? Mm -hmm. Comparing our floor to their floor. So you know, I was like, wow, that's interesting. So like he he opened it up to questions and like everybody's hands shot up. And of course, the first question was, well, what about the Weller floor? That's why we were here. And I'll never forget his response because I wasn't ready for it. And I'd never heard, I, he didn't tell me ahead of time, but he just held up his hands like air quotes. And he said, uh, I can't talk about Weller floor for legal reasons. I mean, those were pretty much his exact words. So my jaw dropped. And I remember getting with him outside after the meeting. I go, what's going on? You know, so they got to him, you know, AA got to him and they were just going to censor the whole deal. They didn't want anybody to know. So that's what they did. So, okay, now circling back to Ron Gallimore, I uh, want you to tell the people his exact words, which cut right through me when I read them. Well, Ron, um, remember again, I, I knew Ron way back from when I worked with Kurt Thomas, and Ron used to come out, anytime Kurt Thomas left the show to do other engagements or other commitments, um, we normally would, SeaWorld started to you know, notice he was gone a lot, so we'd start to bring in other champions, and Ron Gallimore was one of the champions we would bring in for a week at a time. To cover so i've known ron for all these years so you know wasn't like we weren't good friends and knew each other pretty well um but i think it was back you know you know go forward to 2008 um at the congress that year i remember um being in the hotel with them sitting on a sofa and i said to and, and i was telling him about his floor he knew i was working on it he was helping me quite a bit for maybe six months or the first year i was doing it he was thinking it was pretty cool and then um, one day we're sitting there and Steve Penny was there and all these people are sitting around there. And I said to him, I, you know, talk, start talking about the floor. He turned around and he says, you know what? We're not dissatisfied with our floor. And I was like, 
what? Like, who says that? You know, I just, I had to think he's giving me the double negative. I have to think twice about what he's saying. You're, you're satisfied or you're not satisfied or you're not dissatisfied. You don't not like your floor. What? Who says that? Right. I mean, you got people getting injured. So why would you be happy with your floor? So yeah, that was a little bit of a stunner. And then he, he ended up calling you a threat. Well, he did. Yeah. The, um, at the winter cup that came up at the winter cup, the men's big men's meet every year. And, um, in, it was in Las Vegas and uh, I was in, I was outside a meeting, all the national team coaches were in the meeting and they all came out together and I sat down with one of the coaches and he says, you're not going to believe what just happened in there. I go, what? He goes, Ron just told everybody you're a threat. I mean, that was his word. And that's why I remember it, you know? So yeah, from that point on, I became a threat per se. And AI, you know, ended up putting out a statement that they said, um, oh, Dr. Well, Sam's testing is completed. And yeah. AI is not changing the floor due to the results of the testing. We all accept yeah. the testing as gospel, and we are basically happy with the results. That's exactly what they said. Yeah, which they was did a it. lie. Yeah, that was a lie. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they so. killed dozens of cells. And right. I mean, what the thing that got me going on this floor was like, what technology do you have in your life that's thirty years old or forty years old that hasn't changed much? I can't. You know. Remember. A can opener is good. That's a good answer. I like that. I mean, there's not because everything else has a battery in it or a chip, right? Yeah. Everything's got chips in it now. So it's connected to your smartphone. So every technology has changed. My toothbrush has batteries in it. So anyways, yeah, I, I couldn't get that out of my head. I go, how can they, you know, um, in 2003, the world championships, that was another problem. Um, mm -hmm. There was three, uh, there was like three or four athletes that tore their Achilles in the first weekend there. And um, there were some big names. I can't remember them all right now, um, but they knew there was a problem. The biomechanics knew there was a problem because the springs are not tuned to the gymnast. So um, it's funny because that floor, when you talk, when you talk about the uh, USA Gymnastics business model, the way they sell equipment is not what the way most people think they think that the equipment is sold. For yeah, example, explain, explain it to the people because I... yeah, I mean everything. Everything at USA Gymnastics is based on this tiny little ecosystem, which one of the uh, national team coaches called me that described it by saying that they're just in a cave altogether. You know, they don't go outside the cave. In other words, so um, yeah, so that that's how they uh, do it. So when uh, qualifying meets come up, or if, if you want to host, if you're a gym and you want to host a meet. Um, you have to submit a budget to USA Gymnastics. They put you, you have to make sure you got the experience and you know what you're doing. But in the, in the budgetary process, you know, they make sure that you're, they're doing everything that they want you to do, which includes using their equipment. So, um, so their guys come around and for like the world championships that year, I, I happen to find this out years later and I'll explain at the end of the story how I knew this, but that floor, what they do at the end, they submit, they, they send out lists to all the gyms and say, hey, we all the equipment at the World Championships is for sale and it's at a discount. And if you take it home, we don't have to take it back to our factory. And that's how they save money. They don't have to take it back to their factory and they just ship it to some gym. That's nice for everybody. Well, that floor at the Anaheim, that floor ended up going to a gym in, Bald in Boulder, Colorado. They bought it and they had it for years. And the, and the way that I found out about it years later, um, is that they had, I think it was around 2012 or 13, there was a huge storm up in Colorado and it flooded and all these businesses got flooded and this one gym got flooded and they lost all their equipment. So they called me and asked to buy Weller floor with their insurance proceeds, which they did and they love it. But 
when I went up there to help them and talk to them, um, they told me that was the floor from the world championships and they had a nickname for it. And I was like, wow, you named your floor. That's pretty kinky. You know what? <laughs> I go, who does that? Right. So he goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, we have a nickname for this floor. We call it the brick. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was that floor. So, um, I, I just have another story. So, you know, we put in a new floor in there and they love it. And, um, you know, but that, but that's the business model. I mean, um, the, the reps at, at AI, they have um, a system where they go around to gyms and they sell their equipment, but they have to, you know, you can't run an USAG meet unless you work with their, their people on equipment, with their people on scoring, with their people on whatever amenity, maybe leotards or whoever else they want to put in the package. So that's how they keep outsiders out. That's one way. Some of the other ways I've already discussed, you know, so it's quite a setup. It, and it, it's, it sounds to me not unlike the medical industry what they have like oh my yes, god it's, it sounds very well, similar it, it could be but here's the one thing that's missing engineers you know people that are qualified okay so for example the um the uh todd reinders the the engineer that was in the factory six months later he's gone so um, when, once they get out, the, the engineers, the people that have credentials out of the way, they can say they just they say whatever they want or they don't say anything. You know, they just do what they want to do. They, it's their game. It's their football. They're the league. You know, use their equipment. So that's their that's their philosophy. And I mean, just, you know, by logic, it sounds like they're doing this in order to skirt liability. So that they don't have to liability um, for the injuries, because if they do, if they you know accept that your floor is much more right. Well, AAI that was that was definitely um, the the information that I got from one of their top dealers um, who told me that the liability that if the floor has anything to do with injuries, that's a problem for them. Those were his words. Okay, so that's why initially they didn't want they didn't want it. That was the back the back door. That's what I heard. Okay, that's not what they were telling the public. The public front facing that's what i heard back facing so um so yeah in fact one time early on i contacted the ncaa and they referred me to ai i mean it's just it's an endless loop you know they don't have uh, like a bidding process so they don't have engineers that say hey let's get the best product out there for our kids um aai and usa gymnastics is so enmeshed that they're just like one and for example um here's another example um uh, just reminded me there's uh, something called the Gymnastic Suppliers Association, I think it's called, or some variation of that. At Congress, all the uh, people are that have equipment or leotards, the industry suppliers, per se. So um, back that first year, I, um, I met uh, Doug Davis at TumbleTrack, the owner, and he actually um, he nominated me for the Suppliers Association. But the catch is... It's not like they vote and then like the majority, you get enough votes, you're in. No. It's reverse of that. If AAI votes against you, you're not in. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly over the system. So they have, and so then, and, and then again, I used to get in these agenda, I used to get on the agenda and uh, with the equipment committee, but the equipment committee is AAI again. So there's no getting around that. I mean, they just put them in there and you can't get around it. That's, that's how they managed to um, keep it. Now the liability is just, you know, what does that mean? And, you know, obviously when kids get hurt, USA Gymnastics isn't paying for it. They're not paying for those injuries. So, um, but if somehow, I guess, 
if the floor is contributing to injuries and, you know, which now, you know, 10 years later, I mean, maybe that is a thing. I'm not a lawyer. So, you know, call it, you know, find out from somebody who knows about that stuff, but maybe that is an issue for them. I, I can't speak to that. I mean, that's just where my mind, like, just like we wrote it, that's where my mind went. That's exactly where my mind went. Yeah. 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 Well, it's pretty, it's everybody's mind goes there. You know, it's what you, it's what UCLA was thinking when they called me, you know, they got these kids. In fact, at UCLA that year, it was just so bizarre. I, I mean, I'd never heard a coach tell me that they were hiring um, sports psychologists because these girls were scared to tumble backwards after being injured. And these are college, these are, you know, Olympic, Olympic caliber gymnasts, you know, NCAA division one. So yeah, they were having to reteach them how to tumble backwards, but you know, let's put them back on the same floor. It won't happen again. Guess what? A lot of times it's you know, Courtney Coupets. How many times did she tear her Achilles? Like a hundred fifteen thousand times. Yeah, I don't know. At least two. I know she's torn both legs. You know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's a common thing. So, so you go through all this, and then slowly you start to get to the promised land, which is Disney. Yeah, Disney ends well, up calling you. Yes, they did. Yeah. Touch on that for a little bit. Well, um, yeah, that was funny. Um, I actually thought it was a joke at first. Um, I got a call one day from a guy who said he was with Disney and they're looking for spring floors. And he said he was with Disney Live Entertainment. And I, I'm trying to think, is this like a friend of mine punking me or like, you know, because that doesn't happen every day. Like, where's Ashton? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, right, right. So, um, in fact, after he hung up the first time, I called back his number, you know, just to see what if it rang. And somebody said, this is Disney. Hello. You know what I mean? I was like really checking it out. But they called me. Um, this guy's one of my best friends now, but he he um, had been researching spring floors for two weeks already. And uh, he said he wanted to talk to me. So, yeah, um, they had the extreme opposite, you know, reaction that USA Gymnastics did. Um, in fact, um, one of the first meetings I had at Disney was I had, there was about six engineers in this conference table, the first meeting I had with them. And they said, why don't you explain to us what your technology is? We'd like to, we're interested in it. Um, and I was just like really nervous. I can't tell you how nervous I was, but, um, the, the guy was just saw how nervous it was. And he, and he actually, he, he turned on the projector and the screen lit up and he pushed the mouse in front of me. And the next thing I knew my website was up there. So I got really comfortable. So I just walked through my website, you know, I go, this is how it works. And uh, yeah, well, and, and a funny thing was at one point in that meeting, he said to me, you know, he said, we called your competition too. And we were looking for information from them. And the person answer phone told us just to go on their website. And I was just like, whoa, I, I didn't know what to say because I was my first meeting. I didn't want to say something completely stupid and blow the whole thing. Um, so I, there was this long pregnant pause where I just thought, what am I going to say to this? You know, I don't want to embarrass myself or the industry. And finally, I just said, well, good for me. You know, I don't know. And they all laughed. So it worked out. But um, yeah, they, uh, th their engineers loved it. In fact, um, there were times I did uh, a show up uh, in Shanghai, um, in Shanghai Disneyland when they first opened. And there were nights where we were up all night with engineers working on building things because it was brand new. So th there's nothing doesn't get by engineers there. That's all I can say. But, well, because I mean, their number one priority is keeping their athletes safe. Absolutely, their performers. They're really, you know, they look at it completely different. They don't want their athletes, their performers, spending more time in the, you know, with the doctor than any necessary. I mean, that costs them because they are paying. You know what I mean? So they have a responsibility. It's it's a consciousness that you know most businesses have, right? Something so. that you know you would imagine 
that people that work with children would probably keep in mind. Well, there, then there, there's that, you know. I mean, the fact that 99% of the gymnasts are minors might have a reasonable expectation of safety, you know. And that but, these minors end up paying their bills, but, you know. Right, right. Well, and the other problem with USAG, I mean, there's you don't have to brag on them all night because, you know, we all love USA Gymnastics, right? Oh, but, so much. So yeah, much. but um, you know they need to make some changes. I mean, that's they're trying, but they're not trying hard enough, obviously. So although um, one thing that came out of that is actually Lee Lee Leung pushed Nelly Kim to well, yeah. Want to talk well, about that? Well, thing that yeah, kind of a year and a half ago, I've known Nelly Kim called me when I first did this ten years ago. She wanted to be involved with it. She was she was at the time she was the technical committee president, um, head of the rules. And um, she actually um, went, uh, called me on a Saturday morning. She was at the, um, what, do you, what do they call their meeting? I don't know, the FIG has a meeting every year. Okay. She's at the meeting and um, she wants to know if it's all right. She's got my springs with her actually. And she's showing it to the other manufacturer. I mean, she's really promoting this. She's dug it, you know, she's going to bat on this. And um, she called me on a Saturday morning really early. And she said, hey, the guys want to take it with. I said, well, make, them, make sure they sign a non-disclosure form. And it turned out they wouldn't sign it. And I said, well, don't give it to them. You know, I mean, that was uh, that was Jansen Fritzen, actually. But, um, you know, um, go forward to last. I think this was uh, a year, about a year and a half ago. She called me and she wanted to meet again and she was going to be in town. So um, and she's really careful. She doesn't want to send me any email. She doesn't want to put anything in writing. She doesn't want to text. You know, I mean, it's very so secretive. Um, so we went to, um, we had three or four meetings while she's in town here. And, you know, um, she told me that Lili Ling had called her or emailed her or contacted her and was asking about Nellie's endorsement of our spring floor and why she was doing that. And she wishes she wouldn't do that because they're trying to ignore it. I don't know what this, you know, exact conversation was, but, uh, Nellie did, um, explain it to me and, um, yeah, it wasn't pretty, you know, it was just like, what am I going to do? You know, now that company, ABEO, purchased Jensen Fritzen, right? Nova, Spice, yes. and Spieth. Spieth America, Spieth, and that represents 85% of the world gymnastics equipment market. Yes, that's true. Yes. So it's one of those like, <laughs> is it? Like someone in, in, in uh, when I was advertising the, this interview, someone said, "Isn't oh. America built on the free market?" Infrastructure? Yeah, America, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, right. Well, he sounds right, but that's usually not how it goes. Well, it does usually go that, but you know, um, you know, this is gymnastics is a is a monopoly. You know, the Olympic Committee says the USAG, you you own the rights to pick the Olympic team and do all, and make the rules and, all, and make the and do the competitions. So, you know. That's a monopoly. That's so. But what they've done is create a cartel with AAI and um, just you know one other supplier now in the world. You know, uh, so it that that's just their their way to do business. It's not good for the athletes. Um, it's a very yeah. short sighted situation. It. I mean, how long can they get away with doing that? I mean, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. So now that we've run that down. I want to get into the science behind this because okay. the science is what fascinates me. I mean, really, 
Even, somebody's asking that question. Yeah, I got a question. Yeah, it, it yeah. Does, my, my co-host is actually, that's who it is. Oh, is that your co-host? Oh, good. Yeah, it's Michaela. Where is so she? Let, I wanted to meet her. I, she's, she's, not, she's on her way she back. Does, she's dissing me? Okay. No, that's no, right. she, does, she, wants, she wants to have a part two of this conversation. We'll do she's it. She's going to be a part of it. All right. So let's, because it, 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 it's so fascinating to me how it goes beyond just, like, the bounce in it. It goes. It's it's the tuning yeah. of, of the springs. It's, it's yeah. Let me show you. All right, I'll give you. I got a. I got something here. I can show you. Okay. I don't know if I'll see how this works. Let me know if you can see it. This is yeah. the spring that is in the floor now. So it's just uh, four and a quarter inches long. <coughs> it's two inches in diameter. It's completely cylindrical. Okay. And it's real simple. In fact, this spring is not anything you couldn't get off the shelf. Right. In fact, that's what happened. And I mean, if you go back when they first started making spring floors, they had a two inch um, diameter spring and the big change they made was making it four inches. So that was a big deal. And that happened, I think, around the early 2000s. I'm not a historian, right. but I'm just. I do know that the last time that they even well, when they implemented the springs were back in the 80s, but they didn't make this, the floor any bigger. No, no, no. No. You would think that if it's bouncier, you would give it make it more. Baker, whiter, something. What do you mean? No. The spring, you mean? No, no, the floor itself. The floor itself? Oh. Yeah, they didn't widen it. They just kept it the same, added springs yeah. to it. It's like, why right, not right. widen it? Because you're going to give it death. No, okay, fine. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe we'll do that part two. I'll, right. I'll look into that. I don't know. But um, yeah, so this is, um, where's the camera? Yeah, this is the uh, the spring that's in there now. So, and I, um, so what I did was I decided, you know what? This spring, for little kids, most kids are don't weigh enough to compress this, right? I mean, it, you know, I've actually load tested this. I know what the load is, but coaches will tell you their little kids don't get much bounce, you know? And big kids will tell you that they can make this thing go solid. What does that mean? That means all the springs are, are against each other and they bottom out, okay? So that's another problem with the floor. It bottoms out, okay? So, so I was trying to figure out a way that I can make it easier on the athlete so make it a little bit less you know a little bit less low to compress the floor right that's what you want but then you also don't want it to like bottom out like that so it has to hold itself and it gets complicated at that point <laughs> but here's oh, no, what i can go into up. it go into it i'm here well, for it i know but i don't like i this is kind of technical i don't want to make everybody crazy and you know no you're about this. this is things need to be talked about I'm here for yeah. it. And I know my, the audience is too. So right. go into it. Right. Like, well, let me out. just cut to the chase. Here's what I came up with. Now, I, I got like 15 prototypes here. I could show you all of the what we went through. But this is how it ended up. And I mean, it's really genius. Okay. If I don't say so myself, if I do say so myself. Say so, it. anyways, um, so what I did was I changed the uh, diameter, okay, of these coils. I don't, can you see how some of the coils are wider? Yeah. Does that show up? Right there. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's both again in the same frame. So what I did was I made these, these coils are wider right here. Okay. So because they're wider, initially what happens is watch when I squeeze those compress first. Right. Those wide, those wide coils, wide coils, be hard to talk by the end of this. These wide coils compress first and by design, they, they, um, they, they collapse on each other by design. And when they design, and so it's, and so it has two pitches to it. It has that, and then these these other coils take over once these collapse on each other. So you have it's called a variable pitch. Okay, there's a shock absorbent element here where you get some shock absorbent absorption. It's hard to talk, and then these coils take over. 
So that's why it's so much better. And also we use a we use a valve quality material like in your in in an automobile engine. There's valve springs, and those go 24/7. You know, running like crazy. This is the same material. The steel is the same as a valve spring wow. valve in a car. Yeah, in an automobile. So it's valve quality steel, and it and it's designed to go 24/7, 365 in a car. But it'll go for a long time in a spring floor because kids, you know, they hit it, and then 10 minutes later somebody else comes by and hits it. You know what I mean? So it's not going to get too much. It's going to last forever. So and it doesn't bottom out like the other other right, 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 right. In fact, I have a test on my website. If people want to go to my website later, um, I'll put the links in the description. Yeah, yeah, because they can see the high speed video of Bill Sands himself. He's he he jumps on this spring. Oh, that's him. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was I saw the khakis and I was like, who is this man? That's Bill Sands. Yeah, naturally. So yeah, at a thousand frames per second, you know, he's got it that he's jumping off a ladder. He actually, um, that's a funny story. I mean, he was doing that test and he called me up. He goes, you know, I bottomed out on that AEI spring. He says I had a headache for five days. I mean, that's what he told me. So, and he's just jumping off a ladder. I go, Bill, take it easy up there. You know, I don't want you, I don't want you in the lab by yourself. You've got a spot. No, I think he did it on foam, on foam too, right? He did on foam. Oh, well, it's funny you mentioned that because that foam was just hilarious. Um, they were doing, he was doing that test up there with this spring and um, my spring. And then um, AI somehow got wind of the results. Like I knew about it. He was telling AI, we were both involved. They were starting to see some of the results and they panicked. I mean, they literally had a panic attack. And the next day or two days later, I happened to be there and um, Whitey Anson comes in with those foam things glued together. And honestly, somebody, just glued that together the day before to do this. You know what I mean? It was so bizarre because it had it was so wrong. It was just not. I had never seen that in my life, and I was like, "What is yeah, going on?" That was just a that was a hail mary. That's all I can tell you. Like no, you can't tell, but that's what happened there. So yeah, that's Bill Sands, and he was jumping on, and you can see at a thousand frames a second as the camera, you know, is spring. This thing will go, and and it'll go solid, and these coils won't. They they don't, and I didn't know that. That's one thing that came out of the testing. I never you know, expected that. That was just a crazy thing. That was just amazing, actually. So we're and the thing is, like, all athletes get the same exact bounce. Well, not the same exact bounce. They get the same for their body. They get the exact bounce that they need. Yeah. It's from right, all right. sizes. And- right. Because little kids um, can, they can tumble. This feels like crazy to them. They love it. You know, they're bouncing where they didn't get any. So yeah, they're getting a comparable bounce for their size and weight and their, and their level. And, um, and that's why the, the little kids just love the floor. Um, and many athletes from Jonathan Horton to Danelle Leva, mm-hmm, Miley mm-hmm. O'Keefe have all tumbled this floor. Miley O'Keefe grew up on this floor. Yeah. She's, she was, uh, in 2012, I think we, is what they put that floor in there when she was just, well, she wasn't starting, but she was starting her, you know, her ascent. Um, and she eventually won the junior nationals, I guess, um, and international uh, as well. So yeah, she loves the floor. Yeah. They love it up there. And most gyms that buy the floor, they end up buying a tumble strip too, if they have a separate tumble strip, you know, cause they want, you know, and that's what Valeria did too. They had, um, yes. when we first went into, uh, um, Woga down there, um, we put in an 80 foot tumble strip and then we came back and put in the floor there. Yeah. So they, so in one thing that you make clear is that gymnasts can go to and from, from your floor to the other floors and th- they can still like transition. Oh yeah. It, well, yeah, they do anyways, you know, no, unfortunately, uh, floors are not, uh, consistent. 
no, they're very much no, different. No, they're not. Yeah, so they they're used to adjusting, um, but that's not a problem. You know, um, this floor just takes the hard. It, it takes the impact out of it. You know, you you just don't feel the impact per se, and yeah, it's not so hard. Yeah, it's not hard to tumble when the floor's not coming up at you so much. So. Yeah, it's just easier. It feels like a hug. It feels like a hug. It does. It feels like <laughs> yeah, a hug. Does it? Yeah. Well, I don't feel like I'm. I was gonna like you know blow something up. I had. Well, you can just walk on the floor. I've had people say I yes. walk on the floor, and they can tell the difference in um, the uh, responsiveness to it. Yeah. So you can just jump. You know, if you're not a gymnast, you can just stand on it, jump. You can feel it's different. So yeah, it's just easier all the way around. And the thing is, once again, we're back here. Like. Like you said, over 70% of injuries happen on floor and vault. That's true, right? Well, yeah, that, that was a study that um, the NCAA did yeah. over, over 15 years. And that's where, yeah, when it's obvious because the floor and the vault, what? They both have springs in them. So the the floor is um, it's a very in, unstable surface, right? If you put uh, springs in a floor, what happens? Well, it becomes less stable and the impact is coming on your extremities is intensified. So it, you know, the return of the uh, energy from the floor is uh, some serious stuff. So yeah, it, it can be, um, I mean, prime example, 2017 worlds. Right. 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 Yeah. That was, uh, that one girl, they had a lot of, you know what, that was uh, the year that they came out with their new floor, what they called the, uh, what was the name of that floor? I can't think of what they called it. Um, Russian name or something, but that was uh, Spice and all of them. They came out with a new floor, and it was the same as the old floor. I mean, it has the same springs, and there's nothing new about it. Um, it's just they tried to put a different um, um, uh, boards in it or a different system in it. And the problem with it is that, especially with the floor that AAI uses, people that tumble on AAI's floor always complain about this. They sting very hard because there's just one single board there, and the boards separate. They're held together. They've tried different things. They had problems with clamps and straps and all these things, but the boards separate. And because there's only one layer of board where they all four come together, if you land in the corner there, you're going to feel like you landed in the corner. It's not. It's not as stable as the rest of the floor. So it's very inconsistent. You know. And that happened to the Spanish gymnast, I believe, who ended up having to like he stopped after his floor routine. He was like, "Hey, there's a there's a dead part in the floor. We need to check that right. out." There's they lifted parts. the floor. Yeah. They lifted the floor, and yeah. that's why there was. My you remember that? That yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they're like looking for something. Well, it, it's so unstable. I mean, it's ridiculous. So that's one thing I do different also with my floor. Um, Kayla was asking about the differences. I use two layers of Baltic birch, which covers all the seams. You know, they're they they're um, and they're held in together with Velcro, and they don't split apart, and they they they're much more stable. But I can tell you because I know that one reason I hate to say this on your show, but AI they don't want to they use the least amount of pieces they can for no better reason than they have to fit it into their truck after the meet's over. You know that I mean, right? So I learned that over the years. They they don't, you know, they have to move this the floor minimum seat. effort. The minimum effort. Minimum effort. I mean, they'd have to yeah. get a whole nother truck if they really had a good floor. They'd have to have a single truck just for the floor. You know what I mean? But and they don't want to do just that. Just pay for the truck. Just pay, pay for, for the a truck. I mean, you know, compared to the uh, Achilles surgery, which costs more? Well, I guess depending on which bill you're paying, right? 
So just, just pay for the U-Haul. It's yeah. what sixty dollars a day. <laughs> it, well, some of these guys own it. You know, um, a lot of these guys own their trucks I, that I know out here. So anyway, yeah, yeah they just—that's what they do. But it's—it's it's a cheap way to go. I'm just saying something I learned. It's something I won't do on my floor. Um, but uh, yeah. So, um, what happens now? Like where? Like what? Where are we now in terms of like? getting this floor into the right hands or getting this in like what yeah, what is the situation now i don't know that's a good question i um i have no idea i mean nothing's changed with they with uh usag um you know they they don't think of it they don't even think of it it's not on their radar right and because um and because they have the power like you don't talk about it if you're a coach you don't talk about it because you'll lose your post, you'll lose your, you know, your influence, credibility. you'll lose credibility. You won't get assignments that you're used to get, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a very awkward situation. And like you said, it would take a court of law to force them. Well, to... I was just saying, I don't know. I mean, that's I mean, what I happened. In, that's what happened in the tobacco industry. You know, in yeah. 2010, the tobacco people were still saying that their most popular cigarette was reducing cancer, you know? So, that's what made me think of that. It took a court of law to come in and say, you can't say that anymore. I mean, it's just not true. So they keep saying it until somebody tells them not to say it, I guess, strategy there. But it's just, so what, it's, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's in, until their business model changes, it's not going to change because there's no, there's no mechanism. There's no threshold. There's no requirement, you know, no accountability. Yeah. There's no accountability to it. So they don't uh, feel they don't. And what would it do if they did? I mean, it would totally wipe out more of their revenue. So what are they going to do? I don't know. Protect each other. Yeah, that's what they do. So what but I think people know that. I mean, well, it's not about me. Alex. Right. I mean, right. it, you know, it, it, it's just, it's not about me at all. It's about these kids that they're supposed to be, you know, have some kind of a fiduciary accountability to. Um, that's why I invented it. I didn't invent it for me. I'm done tumbling a long time ago, you know? Right. So I'm saying like in um, your eyes, what would justice be like, like, well, they need to get, you know, get with the program. I mean, um, who's using, um, rotary phones now, you know, like you know, and yeah, well, that's true yeah, too. Um, but you know, when I came out with this is when the computerized, everything became computerized in 2008. I mean, the whole world changed when, um, everything went mobile right nice. and social media went mobile and that's what and it's only gotten worse for kids even on social media right so there's no you know it goes back to that old situation um how much did your facebook account cost you last year nothing nothing well that's because how are they worth a trillion dollars ad revenue well, that's right. So they're not there to bring you and your neighbors together on a nice Sunday afternoon for a picnic. They want any minute that you are not on the platform is lost revenue to them because our attention spans are so stretched to the limit already that they have to rely on civil war, creating a civil war in order to keep people engaged. And, and they were exposed they by a whistleblower that their algorithm. That, and that's what they're doing. Right. Yeah, literally, like right. shows you content that will like rile you up and make you want to right. comment. Because that that's the only way they can keep you on the platform. So that's their business model. That's what I'm trying to make an example. That's the business model. And until all the other companies stop doing it, so TikTok, you know, they like to pluff up your your cheeks and your and nose and and make your face look nice, get rid of your pimples because they want you to have good 
self-esteem. They want you to stay on the platform longer, you know? They want so, to incentivize you by likes right, and like exposure right, and clout. Right, right, right. So the way, the way they do that is by, you know, playing all these tricks on you and, and getting you into things you don't have any real interest in, but they show you anyway because they know it's going to rally you up. So that's their business models. And that's the downside of it, right? So USA Gymnastics just hasn't come into the 21st century, and you know. Um, social media is not going to change until all the companies stop doing that. And that's not, you know, they're not going to do it, you know, willingly until Congress gets involved. So, um, you know, USA. Or we say no, we say enough. Well, yeah. So, well, that's true too. You know, I mean, there's ways around it, but that's not, you know, you know, something I can, that I have any interest or control over, you know? So that's, that's the, uh, that's the situation with it. Yeah. So, you know, we could, you know, we've had um, orders from many um, NCAA schools. Like I said, Miss um, Val that year, she went around the whole schedule every year at every competition. And she was telling me that she told all the coaches to bring their athletes to nationals, even if they didn't qualify, because they she wanted them to try this floor and everybody should sign up for it right then and there. So, you know, a lot of people have gone to bat hard on it. You know, they really have. Um, but then, you know, at the last minute, they decided, I want to keep my job, I guess. So they, you know, what are they going to do? And it's just, it goes back to manipulation. It really is what it is at the end of the day. Well, that's, but that's how they handle every issue. It just so happens this one happens to, and I'm not, you know, backing them up in any way. But that's how they handle everything. So it just happens this one has other consequences, like injuries. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, they don't have any mechanism there. So yeah, so what happened back at AAI was as soon as they got the results and the and the pre- and the CEO saw those results, they never released them. They never said anything to anybody. They didn't tell. They didn't call up and say, "Hey, we got a better floor. We're going to go to this." They didn't do any of that. They just, you know, in fact. Um, one of the um, AAI reps told me that, you know, they just they just feel like a pimple on an elephant, you know, because they're not that's just where they rate, you know. So that's what just, that's their story. It it, it, oh, it doesn't blow my mind because, I mean, it's expected. It just I wish that there was some sort of way to kind of like force their arm on this. Because, yeah, well, it's, these are again, like you said, these are like the bodies and lives of kids these are like kids these are kids well the sad thing is i mean if the college kids are in the worst predicament because they've been in the sport for so long their attendants are afraid you know they've got a few you know they're just about to go anyway and they're you know so it's just a it's just a brutal it's a brutal situation there's no reason for it you know i mean um like i said what technology hasn't changed you know so and it's, it's like with the skills that are being done now, with the repetitions being right. done now, and right. I kind of it kind of makes you think back to the, this pandemic that we went through. I mean, this pandemic showed us that you know time off kind of helps these gymnasts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but well, there's been no no sort of like you know momentum or sort of like initiative to kind of curve training time or you know to try to change that. It all went back to how it was. Right, right. Well, there's no, there's no agent to change it. You know, you need an agent to change it. You know, you ha- you can't just wake up one day and it's all going to be different. The same people are st- there, and um, you know, nothing's changed really. So, and and they're they're behind. I don't know. You know, it'd be interesting to see how they uh, how they make out coming up. You know, in the next few years. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, there's going to be a new national team coordinator. Who's so, that? I I don't know. Yeah. But from what I've heard, 
It might be Mary Lee Tracy. I'm not pleased mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. it, but I'm just like, it's the all chestnuts. It's the same. It's the yeah. same players. Same players. Right, right, right. Well, right. And, I, you know, I just feel bad for guys like Bill Sands. I mean, this guy, like, I just came on the tail end of this. I took all of his research, and I and I went to the, you know, spring manufacturers. When I first found out about this, I, I used to work in Santa Monica all the time. And I had a, my best friend there, and I was staying at his house, and his neighbor was actually a manufacturer of springs of all things and so it's just like serendipitous every time i looked into something i was able to get some more information about it and he'd say hey you should call this guy in new york or this guy somewhere you know what i mean he knew people that knew people and you know it's something that they, they probably could have done the same as i did right i mean they just didn't put any effort into it it's, and i and just well you know the point is i mean th this spring is not you know a foreign spring is not adequate you know um so these springs should be bigger and wider. There, there's so many more things that you can do, make the floor better and safer, but they have no interest in doing, they don't even want to change the spring. I got to be honest with you. The only way, the only reason I came up with this design was so that I could make it uh, interchangeable, right? Right. Um, that was all, that's the only reason I made this, this uh, size. I made this completely interchangeable so um, that it fits in the same caps that you have on your floor now. And it could be interchanged because that I just wanted to prove to them that there's a better way to do this, you know. But the reality is, I, I know from my experience in the factories that there's a lot of other things you can make, a lot of other changes you can make, and you can put this same technology in the vault board and make that better. I mean, the the vault board is very unstable. I have high, I have high speed video of the vault table, of the vault board from Bill, um, which I can show. You. I can send it to you or put it on your website or somewhere. Um, it's probably on my, well, I don't know if it's on mine or not. I might have taken it down, but it just shows you how it wobbles when the kids hit it. It just it first of all it bottoms out just like this one does, and it wobbles. So it's just not stable. It's like taking it off and hoping for the best. And, Which know, is why they put that guard there to kind of stabilize. Yeah, well, they, they right. That's exactly what they put it in there because the floor, it, you know, the board would end up in the front row, you know, in the first row if it wasn't nailed down. So. Right. Anyway, yeah, there's some. So we have a question. Uh, one of our yeah. viewers, Doof, says, "Does the spring help the floor be safer than or the carpet?" Say that again. We're, I don't see that one. Does the spring help the floor be safer or the carpet? I don't really. Um, well, the spring makes the floor last longer, you know, because it's not taking, it's absorbing. You know, the spring is the one that's absorbing all of the impact. So um, it's going to make your foam and your carpet last longer. If that was the question, correct me if it's not, but um, it definitely, uh, you know, because I'll tell you what happens. Anybody that's got an AF floor, the first thing they call me, I always get the same calls. They go, our, our boards are broke and they're coming apart. If your floor, if your boards are breaking, that's a big problem. You know, your board should not be breaking. And that's because this floor, this spring is too stiff and your kids are too big for it. Or, you know, you could have broken, you could have warped boards. The other thing I noticed the AI floors, they're, in order to have a single layer system, they took the boards and they coated them with plastic. They're like fiberglass coated. And that causes them to warp. So, yeah, it's not a good system. I, that's just, I, you know, everybody knows I'm, you know, making my own floor. So I'm going to talk about all these things because I believe in them. But yeah, the, they had a real problem with the floors. Um, you know, like a, you know, like a surfboard, they would, um, you know, just become unstable. So, yeah, that's just because they they want it to be cheap and easy to move and 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 that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a, not a good situation. So, okay, so Michaela asks, 
how exactly does the floor link toilet injuries on floor? And you actually wrote about this. Well, you say that again. You said that um, fast. Sorry, this bane of my existence. How exactly does the floor link to injuries on the floor? Um, the spring link to all the injuries on floor, which right. is something you included in your another. Um, right. Well, right. Well, what's happening is um, the floor is is going at a frequency that's twice as fast as the gymnast's up and down movements. So a lot of times the floor is coming up while you're still landing and it, it causes a second knee bend, okay? Basically the floor bend, you, gymnast bends their knees the first time in order to get ready for a takeoff. But then while they're taking in that takeoff position, because the floor is so bouncing up and down so fast, it comes up again and the recoil of the floor causes their knees to bend again. Does that make sense if I explain yeah. that? So yeah, it's causing a, a secondary knee bend. So that's extremely dangerous because you're already in a really exposed situation there with your lower extremities and the floor coming up like that or the floor uh, moving away from you and you landing in a hole when you didn't expect to hit a hole, that's gonna cause some injuries. So and that's what in, happens. What's in the newsletter says, first, the initial knee flexion is due to the eccentric actions of the floor impact or loading proceedings of the punch of the takeoff. Right. Second, right. we find that the second deflection occurs slightly before or at heel contact. This is right. terribly important with regard to anatomical uh, placement of the ankle, shank and foot, with regard to stretching the triceps, serrate, muscle group, calf muscle, and the Achilles tendon. Basically, yeah. So Right. And, and that's what Bill, Bill and a lot of other researchers first saw that. And, uh, and, and then they were thinking, well, you know, that's not good. You know, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, who... Uh, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's not a good thing. And it just, I mean, we, I can keep going. Like it, it says, surprisingly, many gymnasts show extreme dorsal flexion of the foot relative to the shank. If this dorsal flexion is combined with an upward thrust from the floor or on extension of the knee, gastro, right. uh, gastrognomous, gastrognomous, yeah. is yeah. a two joint muscle, causes both ankle and knee. And then we have a ripe condition for ruptured Achilles tendons and anterior, uh, anterior Talotibial impingement, 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 yeah. Bumping the talus into the into the mortis formed by the tibia and fibula. Yeah, what that means is your knees jam up. I mean, that's what you're already in a you're already in a vulnerable position when you're on it. You got your knees bent. You're ready to take off, and then next thing you know, the floor's coming up again. It's just vibrating, and it comes up under you again. And yeah, if you you know, eventually, uh, um, things can break. So yeah. And, it, and it, it's at a greater force because of the uh, nature of the impact and the energy return, right? So, yeah, it's a lot of Which force coming back. Intermediate rattle that you talk about. Right, 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 right. It's like, a, it's like if, a, if, the, if a diver, if the board rattled in, while, the, while the diver was taking out, when his feet hit the board, if it was rattling like that, yeah, that would be scary. And so, it goes on to say that, which is really fascinating, that after pre-tumbling passes, the floor sets up a wave pattern. With a gymnast right. punch up or a big skill, the floor frequently is moving up and down and away from them as if they're hitting a hole in the floor, like you said. Many, um, my mom is calling me. Um, oh my yeah, no, I'm that. sorry. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> um, the wave pattern is, is what causes that double bounce. Right, right. Right, right, right. And, and, and you know what? The thing is that USAG just doesn't want anybody to know any of this. Like, how do they stop people from knowing things? You know, I mean, why would you, why, if gymnasts are bending their knees twice, they don't want anybody to know. I mean, that's just the wrong position for them to take, right? I mean, you would want this information out. I, you I would, would want, think. Yeah, right. Anything to like make sure that your gymnasts or athletes in general are just like taken care of and like, you know, have 
like you said, the longer place like longer shelf lives so they can have a return on your investment right 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 well right well that's another problem in gymnastics because there's not a lot of slots and there's quite a few gymnasts you know what i mean right so yeah if they needed their gymnasts to be healthy they'd be more concerned wouldn't they i mean i don't understand that somebody maybe can do that in another segment well, i don't want to keep <laughs> Just, it too long because i mean that's all right i know yeah, we all have lives right. but final thoughts on this until we have part two just that you want to you know, leave people with. Well, I just appreciate, uh, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Um, I think, that, you know, the fact that you want to get the information out is terrific. And um, I think if more parents knew, I, I could tell you a story. Um, we One of the first floors we did in Northern California, um, I remember getting a call from a parent, which it's not that easy for parents to find me, right? I don't talk to many yeah, parents. Yeah, I, I have to hunt you down. You did? I, I, I had to hunt it down. But um, I had a parent call me from California. She said, you know, my 10-year-old daughter, she came home from gym class and her legs weren't hurting today. And I heard they got a new floor. She, she wanted to know how that happened. You know what I mean? She goes, 10 years old, she shouldn't have pain in her legs every day. So, And then all of a sudden, in one day, she's on a floor and her legs don't hurt. So, you know, I think if parents knew, they'd get more involved. I've had many uh, boosters, parents, groups, come in and buy floors for their gyms. That's been, a, that happens a lot. They find out about it and they, they do fundraising and all kinds of good stuff. So that's one way to approach it. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, parents, once they understand it, they, uh, they like to, they like to know those things, obviously, because they're the ones, you know, nobody likes to see their kids in pain, you know, number one. And number two, they have to pay, you know, they're paying for the medical bills, you know, so it's not pleasant. But yeah, so there's a lot, you know, it's good to get the information out there. I appreciate you having me. And if there's any more questions afterwards, you can forward them to me. And you know, yeah, if you want to do it again, be happy to do it again. It's no big deal. So yeah, once, once Michaela gets back home, we'll we get everything settled. Because I know she has questions. Like, yeah, maybe she's she got a whole, yeah, she'll have more. And the thing is for me, like, I just hope that this this interview, like, gets out there and people, like, see this and want to talk to you more. Because the thing yeah. for me, it's like if we're as, as gymnastics media, like if we really want to say that we are, you know, for the athlete safety, we're here for the athletes and we, we're the better of our sport, then right. why aren't we, we call right. for all these studies to be done, but yet you've done the studies, you have the information, you, you right. are backed by science and yet nobody wants to. Well, it don't, you know, um, it's good for the media and I'm glad to do this for the, for the fans and the people watching um, that don't always have that kind of insight. Um, but it, it's, it's, you know, it, 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 it's just progress moving forward. And it's something that, uh, I think, um, the more it gets out there, I mean, I, people in people inside, believe me, there, there aren't, it's not, it's an open secret. People know about me in the sport coaches all over the country. If they haven't heard of it, it's, it, I'd be surprised. Right. I mean, after all these years, we do a lot of marketing. We send a lot of newsletters and information about it. So most of them know about it. You know, but outside the sport, you know, on the fans, uh, outside the lines in the stands, I don't know that I'm sure people don't, you know, but um, the coaches well, certainly do. Whatever I can do to help out, I'm here. No, for thanks. It. I and appreciate if, it. And I don't, if that means that people get mad at me, I don't care. For, for me, it's, <laughs> it's bringing things that need to be brought to light to light. So, well, you, you asked me initially, you know, about some other people interviewing me and, you know, yeah. a lot of people won't do it or they're you know, for what they have for those, all those aforementioned reasons. So, you know, I appreciate you for taking uh, time out to do it.
Because I don't, I don't, I mean, who's gonna, who's gonna get like, I'm not scared of nobody. Hey, is AI gonna come up like knocking at my door? Come bring it. I don't care. Hey, yeah, I, thank, you know, yeah, me too. I'm with you. Thank you, Scott. Like, so, thank, thank you, you so much for doing this. Uh, one last question. Um, Michaela asked, yeah. does he think that the spring uh, caused the, uh, Sam Serio to break both her knees on the double front? I don't, I think that was just a freak accident. Who did that? Sam Serio. Was that last uh, year or a couple years ago? It was a couple years ago. I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's part of it. Anything that breaks on the floor, it's because that's this is the reason. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. It, it, there's girls. There's a lot of girls uh, um, that have broken both Achilles at the same time. I had a call from a gym in um, Charlotte, North Carolina, and they had an athlete there that broke both her Achilles uh, and didn't even know it and didn't go to the hospital that night. I'm as oh, it gave me the creeps, but. Um, they wanted a floor. They they found out about mine, and um, they bought my floor just for that reason. You know, they don't want kids breaking their Achilles. I mean, it's not that they won't always break, but there's so much there's so much less impact on my floor. Um, one of the top coaches said they can. She she goes to a camp with my floor. She can do two or three times, and there's no shin splints even. Two or three times of training. She comes home. She can't. She can't even do half of that much training on a on a what you call their Palmer floor. You know, the old style floor. So it's yeah, like, it's a, why it, not invest in something that you know gives you allows you for more repetitions? Well, it just makes it more fun. What else, you know? Exactly. I mean, why, would, why wouldn't you want to? So thank you. Well, Michaela says she's here for part two whenever Great. you want to. So right. thank we'll you so much, Scott. I will right. put all the information and links to your house. I'm going, and all to your dog's ready to go out. Yeah, he, he's he's ready. So right. thank you so much. Thank and you, Maddox. You know, thank you for yeah. all you're doing for this community and for this. Thank sport. you for everything you're doing too. Have a great night. You too. Have Bye. a great day. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, let me let me see. Do, 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 do. All right, folks. Well, that was our interview. Um, you know, what can you do? What can you do? So, really, our job here is now to continue to get this information out. You know, share this interview with whoever you can—your mothers, lovers, brothers, sisters, and any others—and. Force their arm. I mean, again, yes, Jim, the Jim Turnet can do very crabby things, but when we come together, the Jim Turnet can do a lot of amazing things. A lot of amazing things. I mean, hell, with Michaela, we got it, we got Dan Durham into the Hall of Fame. We can we we forced Mary Lee Tracy at the first time, we can do it again. So I just I want us to just band together and really force these people to stop like you know ha having point having their heads up their ass and just like do something for the athletes that literally pay their bills so um i know I, i'm reading it um but why would you say ban him well we, we talked about this it's because they they literally have um this contract with which is an activity contract with ai and ai it's it's just this whole like tangled and and, and and like you know interweb web that they've woven, where like you have to use AI to know to have a do this competition. AI provides all the equipment, and without AI, then they don't have. Any, they're basically protecting themselves. Klaus, can you please stop? You've been showing up uh, uh, the entire interview. What do you need? I'm not going to pitch you. I'm done with you. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. No, sir. Say bye. So um, I will ask him, Kayla, I will ask him. Um, that's, that's 
basically my takeaway. It's just, that's our job, okay? Is literally if, hell, people always ask, we need, we need studies done. We need this, this and that. Well, the studies have been done, ma'am. If you know who we are, the studies have been done. The science backs this technology. So why not push for this to be implemented? I don't care if your sponsors are equipment manufacturers, like equipment, manufa equipment manufacturers. Isn't the whole ethos of what we're doing is to protect the athletes? If so, let's do that. Let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's protect these athletes. Let's call for the implement implementation of this technology. Point blank, period. So I'm gonna leave you guys with that. Um, I adore y'all. Again, share this interview as much as you can. And um, we'll, be, we'll be back tomorrow because tomorrow, um, Okay, tomorrow we're going to be having um, Arizona against Cal at uh, 4. And then after that, we'll have um, Utah against Washington at, what is it, at 8. And then uh, Thursday is the 10th anniversary of my 21st birthday. So we're going to do something. I know we're going to do something that day. So, yeah, um, I adore y'all. Thank you for watching. And... Uh, Let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's force these people into doing the right thing. On a Monday. I know, dude. On a Monday. Yes, tomorrow. It's, uh, it's Cal against Arizona at 2 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. So we'll be here. I adore y'all. And yeah. Bye. How do I? Oh, oh wow. Well.